Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. And welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how are you doing today? <laughs> I do like the way you deliver. Well, I've actually been in Japan. You sound a little bit like Steve Brule. <laughs> Brule's rules. You should be used to it. Brule. You should be used to it now, yeah. Pete. It's been like two years well, or something. Where are you right now? Are you, are you kind of uh, you out and about? You staying in a hotel at the moment? Because obviously it's very late where you are and, and very early where I am. So I am in a hotel in a place called Izu. And Izu is a peninsula oh. that juts out of uh, I think Kanagawa, uh, just quite right. near Mount Fuji. And we're on the, the last day of Journey Across Japan 2, escaped to Mount Fuji. Um, and as to whether or not we've seen Mount Fuji, I will not reveal because I don't want to spoil it. But um, very binary, uh, it's been a good it? trip a yes so far. It is either a yes, no, either a yes or no, but we haven't had a lot of luck with the weather. Um, the weather mm. has been just dreadful. I think I mentioned last on the last podcast we uh, hit a typhoon. Typhoon Chan Hom turned up uh, and brought clouds and rain and crappy weather. And it's it's a bit honestly the weather's been really disappointing. It's meant that we've not seen a lot of the things I wanted to see. Like we drove through the um, the Japanese Alps and we saw nothing except some clouds. Mm. Um, so it's not been a great start. But I think it could go either way, right? If if I see Mount Fuji, great, I'm happy. But if I don't see Mount Fuji, it'll be a funny joke and I'll be really bitter. But I think people find it amusing. So I think either way, we kind of win. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've, you've been to the deserted um, buildings without me, Furious. Um, you, 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 we did. You've managed to sort of cover a lot of ground in a car because turns out cars are quicker than bikes uh, and more fun mm. when it comes to recording stuff and more e- just easier to kind of... Yeah, have you have you done any sort of things where you've gone hard off and bought like a little remote control and and and, and modified your car at any point? <laughs> it's like funny to you say that we did actually we did actually do that. Yeah, kind of pimp our car style thing. Just today, actually. Um, oh, nice. We cool. had we were given a thousand yen each and went into Daiso, the hundred yen store, and had to like buy things to uh, make like something for the car. It kind of went all right. But to be honest, we were in such a rush that it, it didn't work as well as I'd hoped. Uh, we, we tried to fit in so much with Journey Across Japan 
too because we only had six days to film it, right? Um, and we did have a car, so you could cover a lot more ground, but um, we still tried to pack in an awful lot of things. And as you said, uh, the first part of the trip, we had the abandoned Love Hotel. We had some mm. weird, like, abandoned, forgotten 800 statues in a forest. Um, we ate some insects. It was all rather action-packed and in the last few days we've done everything from um stay in a private capsule hotel which you would love we basically found a capsule hotel inside a shipping container and you're able to book the whole thing so it was joey and i with 10 capsules we could choose which one we want to stay in because we had the whole room right the whole building oh, nice like airbnb <laughs> uh, that was good yeah. um we stayed at a onsen in a wonderful town called Gero. Gero, which is also the word for sick in Japanese. Gero means sick, oh, but different kanji oh characters, no. so it's all right. Um, <laughs> and in the hot spring in question, we had a a log, a thousand-year-old log that had been carved out and turned into a hot spring, just like they just fill it with hot water and you can sit in it, in the thousand-year-old log. It's your dream come like true, a, isn't it? What, having a bath with a load of weevils? <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. I'm, I'm for it. It's a thousand-year-old log. It's a nice log. Well, I hope they. Um, I hope they varnish the inside of it so it's not penetrating the thousand-year-old log. It, it wouldn't have lasted a thousand years if the damn thing wasn't varnished. It'd rot, wouldn't it? <laughs> a rotted log. Well, I, well, it might have been. It might have only recently become a log. It, you know, reached its loggy destiny after being a tree for a thousand years. I don't bloody know how reached old its trees loggy get. destiny. Loggy <laughs> destiny. That's that's uh, my new favourite phrase. Um, yeah. No, it was really nice though. The loggy destiny was was way better than I had imagined. Um, what else did we do? Oh, we came across a British theme park, no less, an actual oh. British theme park that I'd never heard of. I don't know how no one's ever talked about this, but it's like a uh, this, it's kind of like a small village they've built. Like uh, it looks like Stratford upon Avon, the um, the town where Shakespeare's from, right? They've got these kind of Tudor style houses, and it looks really nice. And there's just the Beatles playing everywhere. There's just Beatles. They've got a a, a bloody um, uh, a double decker red double decker bus, London bus, lovely. Whatever. Going to Penny Lane, the uh, the Beatles song. There's a Beatles reference at every turn. <laughs> uh, they've got a working train that goes around the village, uh, working traditional british train it was mental and i don't know how no one ever told me about mm. it like we talked about uh, a few months ago we talked about british hills right the um the mm. kind of british castle the british village in fukushima where they teach people uh english and things but we tried to get in there and film but they were like no we don't want you coming here so screw mm. you british hills damn you um but we were able to get into this one we were able to film it and it was magical and i think it's going to go down pretty well to be honest and finally on top of all that we also found a gigantic pyramid the great pyramid oh. of japan in the in the center of japan's mountains it's a gigantic pyramid and is, are you jealous yet of this list pete what do you reckon yeah i am i'm furious there's a, there's a lot of variation here to be quite frank the big pyramids, pyramids. Capsule hotels, yeah. logs. Capsule hotels. I mean, how does like um, how does a private capsule hotel work exactly? Like, I, I'm trying to figure it out. Well, it it was kind of a bit like an Airbnb, I guess. Um, they've right. they've taken like four or five gigantic shipping containers, stuck them together, and in, turned the interior of it into like a capsule hotel. And you can rent each and every oh. kind of you can rent each one. It comes with them um, ten capsules. 
Right. I just, I just, I, I just, I, I, you'll have to send me pictures or I'll have to bloody wait until the, the video's out. Is that going to feature on the video, like presumably? Yeah, I will. It's, yeah, we've got an extensive video on it because uh, I think, as I mentioned before, you know, capsule hotel videos always do so well. Everyone loves capsule <laughs> hotel videos. So this is going to be the video that uh, hopefully gets the series um, some attention, shall we say, because hmm. um, the other ones are just all a bit too bonkers. Maybe the Abandoned Love Hotel. That could work. It's spooky. It is. But no, so far so good. As you can tell, I'm a little bit tired um, because it's been intense. Um, It's kind of like the last journey across Japan was a 46-day project, right? With 28 Mm. episodes, I believe. And this has been uh, kind of a six- or seven-day project with six videos. But it's almost kind of more action-packed than the original journey across Japan. We tried to pack a lot more in because we've got a car we can traverse a lot more land and a lot more area. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been intense. So I'm battered um, and I'm glad it's over in many ways. I'm glad it's finished. I can't wait to uh, to see the videos. Um, and if you're wondering when it's coming out, Journey Across Japan Escape to Fuji will launch on the last week of October, around October 24th, around then. Not the exact day necessarily because I tend to say it's going to be this day and then I fuck it up, so... Fingers mm. crossed. So next, so next week, next Saturday, we're talking. That's what you've got for the first episode. You've got five days to edit it, Chris, and you better not let us down. I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the bar is high. Mm. The bar is high. Yeah. Um, okay. We turn our attention to the story of the week. We've got a story from Dan from Brisbane, mm. and Dan's story of the week says, "Hey, Chris and Pete, I went over to Japan for the first time last year in April on a solo trip." Um, I'd always been interested in the country and I'd uh, been studying the language prior to heading over for about six or so months. I arrived in Tokyo late at night and managed to find my way to my hotel in Asakusa, where I was going to stay for a few nights. During my time in Tokyo, outside of talking to the staff at restaurants or buying train tickets, I found it pretty rare for anyone to strike up a conversation. A big reason why I wanted to go to Japan was to immerse myself in the culture and practice my language uh, my language skills. So I decided to try and strike up conversations with people where I could. Uh, as an introvert, this was pretty exhausting for me. Um, a bit later into my trip, after some miserable failed attempts, um, I was heading down to Osaka on a bullet train from Tokyo. Uh, and I was sitting all by myself for a stop or two until an elderly Japanese woman sat down next to me. It took me about an hour to build up the courage to say konnichiwa, hello, uh, after that initial hurdle. Um, but we suddenly had an amazing conversation for the remainder of the trip, albeit most of it <laughs> most of it was just me nodding my head and saying, saw this there, yes, isn't that right? Uh, I probably only stood about I probably only understood about 30 to 40% of what she was saying, but she told me to avoid Kyoto during the Golden Week and instead visit Otsu, which is a city town just outside of Kyoto. And uh, as she was getting ready to get off at the next stop, she handed me her bookmark she was using for her book. It was a bit of film strip from the Ghibli movie uh, Howl's Moving Castle. Howl's Moving Castle. I'm not sure of the sentimental value it held for her, but it's something I'll never forget. And it gives me a lot of confidence and motivation to keep learning the language. I guess I just wanted to send a message to anyone who might be thinking about learning Japanese or any language for that matter, and who might get crippling anxiety when trying to strike up a conversation. Put yourself out there. Make a fool of yourself. You might get some weird looks or stumble over your words, but every now and then you get these awesome moments that make it all worth it. 
that or just get drunk and go to an Izakaya. It's hard to be introverted when you're downing sake bombs. A story for another time. All the best, Dan from Brisbane. Thank you very much, Dan. And uh, he sent in this photo of this nice film strip from the Ghibli movie, Howl's Moving Castle. Um, that's great. And he's absolutely right. The best memories from these trips are always the ones where you kind of talk to someone. Uh, you met a stranger, you had an interesting chat, and then you parted separate ways and never saw each other again. And uh, you know that all too well, don't you, Mr. Donaldson, from your many adventures around Japan? <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Uh, you sort of st- I, I just sort of uh, spend my time waiting for someone to come over and go, uh, American? <laughs> I go, English? <laughs> and then we talk about football invariably. Or music. Music or football. Have you ever received a film strip of any sort? No, I've never been given um, a film strip. I get a lot of business cards, uh, a lot of like um, invites to like we chats, um, you know, of, like people uh, who like are cartoonists and stuff like that. But no, nothing. Uh, I basically just collect Facebook friends. That's uh, anybody <laughs> traveling around um, Japan. It's mainly just collecting Facebook friends. I, I sort of fear. <laughs> Naturally, so many people like you talk to someone for five minutes here and they'll add you on Facebook and you'll be friends forever. Um, they love Facebook here, it kind of makes sense, I guess. It's the next step from the evolution of business cards, is it not? In a country where everyone has to have a business card that and you have to exchange them after the smallest conversation. Guess it's only natural. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Sure. Join me, Melissa Reddy, and listen to my brand new podcast, Between the Lines. I'll be speaking to the biggest names in football about the captivating, behind-the-scenes stories fans want to hear. From major talking points to untold anecdotes, you'll hear from some of football's leading stars as well as those working in the shadows. In our first episode, I spoke to former Spurs manager Maurizio Pochettino about that Amazon documentary. We feel responsible because it was uh, very difficult to say yes to open the door to Amazon. Only we watch with Jesus the 25 minutes first because it was until we uh, left the club. And on our latest episode, I investigate how prevalent and damaging social media abuse is in football. And I was like taking all this negativity onto myself and I did. I kind of lost myself and my personality because I knew everything that was going on around it. And it's not until I actually got to a stage where I thought, I can't take this anymore. It is becoming too much for me that I spoke out about it. Craving football insight? Well, look no further. Listen to Between the Lines with me, Melissa Reddy, via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. This was a Stakhanov production. One of the things we often talk about, I know you love them, Pete. You love Japanese mascots, don't you? You're a mascot fan. Yeah, I'm a mascot fan. I'll take that. And... I've, I mean, I covered it about a year ago in a video just revealing the kind of 10 craziest Japanese mascots that we could find. Uh, the most famous being Kubamon the Bear in Kumamoto, who's worth uh, billions to the local economy. He generated sales of uh, 1.5, about 1.15 billion pounds, which is mm. about $1.5 billion uh, last year alone from um, uh, merchandise sales. He's just this mischievous black bear from Kumamoto. He's, he's, he looks kind of cool to be fair, but the economic impact that generating this mascot has had has led to kind of a boom across the country where every town, city, initiative has to have a mascot, right? Has to boost the economy. What's your personal favourite, Pete? Any off the top of your head that you love? Oh, there's one that's, um, there's, I think it's a cat that's eaten too much tofu and therefore become tofu. I think I saw that one last week. They're just endless, absolutely endless. There was a Twitter um, page that a few people um, forwarded me of mascots trying to get off or on trains or getting squished indoors and stuff like that. I don't know why they made them so big. Maybe the, the, um, the, the from last week, the mystery um, mascot tampon uh, probably be a, a more ergonomic shape for getting in and off uh, <laughs> trains and stuff. But yeah, they always make them too big. But I, yeah, the cat who ate too much tofu and became tofu, very much my favourite at the moment. I love the, the backstories they have. Um, my, yeah. I think my favourite mascot has to be Fuck Uppy, the, um, the egg. <laughs> Fuck, there's a, a fridge company in Osaka at about four or five years ago, I think now, they had this mascot, this little egg with wings, this happy egg, and underneath it it just said Fuck Uppy. And the, <laughs> and the, the kind of the image of Fukushima... Fukushima with the image of fuck up the egg didn't go down too well as you'd anticipate um, and he was quickly got rid of disposed of but uh, he, he lives on in my mind and in my dreams <laughs> good old fuck up although to be fair it is pronounced fukupi isn't it in Japanese so it's just yeah. but it does look like fuck up but um, these mascots are big business though as we said Kumon billion dollar mascot and there are a thousand mascots across the country known as Yuru Kara 
um, in Japanese. Ooh. And there was a recently, they recently held um, uh, a kind of a mascot competition. Every year they have the kind of Yurikara uh, competition to see who's the best mascot and everybody votes. Tens of mm. thousands of people vote in these um, who, who to see who the winner is basically. And um, this one this year was held just outside of Morioka in Iwata Ken, just a little bit north of where I live. And uh, the winner was a character from Iwate, I believe, um, Yume-chan, was created in 2012, a year after the city of Rikuzen Takata uh, in Iwate was destroyed by a tsunami that killed 18,000 people. Um, yeah, obviously, the tsunami was very bad, so they made a mascot to kind of commemorate him. And the mascot has ears that resemble the city's famous pine trees. So it's nice to have a mascot that actually means something like that, right? But yeah. unfortunately, they've decided after all these years of having this fantastic uh, mascot competition, it's been going since 2011 now, they've decided to cancel it because it's become so overly competitive, it's taken away the magic of what the mascots are supposed to be about, right? Mascots are supposed to be about regenerating Japan, about showcasing mm. great things. And um, it basically... Local areas across the country have just been spending so much money and so much tax money uh, on mascots rather than doing like actual important things. Like they've been blowing all their money on mascots, <laughs> building roads. Uh, so, yeah, basically. Um, so yeah, they've 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 cancelled it. Sadly, and that's it. No more mascot oh. competition. Have to make your right, own. I mean, yeah. I mean, mascots are very much like that. That shouldn't be your main business. You know, making kawaii mascots. <laughs> You've got to actually govern as well. <laughs> I imagine like, like government, they just spend most of their time making slogans. Well, I imagine they must be like really jealous, like eyeing up um, Kuma on the bear, right? Who's worth billions to the, the Kumamoto. Uh, you know, yeah. I imagine a lot of local authorities are quite envious about that. Like, damn it, why don't we have a mascot worth billions? But uh, particularly Asian tourists, I think from um, South Korea and China and Taiwan, they love. Kumamon. They've got like Kumamon merchandise every turn. Um, but no one's been able to quite, you know, do the same thing at the same level. Um, no. What do you think about cancelling it though? Is it a sad day or is it a good step, a sort of step forward? What do you reckon? I think that they shouldn't have cancelled it, but they should have like a limitation on how much money you can spend in your R&D or research and development on how research to... Research and um, development. Well, they must do kind of, they must do kind of, uh, to, to make decent mascots, they must do some kind of data-led um, research as to who's, you know, what's going to be the best um, the kind of uh, mascot. Do you like cats more? Do you like rabbits more? Do you like this? Do you like that more? It's got to be, surely. Can you imagine like the local government, like officials sitting around like... We could build a new hospital, or we could we could create a mascot for the town, and that will be great, and it will be of no value because of the thousand mascots in Japan. Only one of them actually makes any good money. Uh, I remember you said research and development, right? And the first mascot that sprung to mind was Takapo-kun, and he is an inanimate runway from Shikoku to <laughs> like a, the mascot of an airport, and it's just a, a runway with a really shocked expression, and it looked crap, and... Um, like, come on, You've, it's an airport. Like, have a plane, have something that moves at least, not an inanimate runway. God damn it, I got so angry about that. Even now, it just makes me angry thinking about it. God damn it. We did a better job in Kyoto, didn't we? On our um, Yeah, we made little yokais. Yeah. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Fantastic. Dear, oh dear. 
I think it's probably a good thing. I think it's a good thing. Um, hopefully, they'll spend the money a bit more wisely. And Kumamon will maintain his position as the number one uncontested character and mascot of Japan. And now we turn our attention to the fax machine. What do we got this week, Mr. Donaldson? We got a message from Hugo. Hello, Hugo. Good morning. Uh, good afternoon or good evening. Uh, hi, Chris and Pete. Uh, Hugo here. Love your content and the YouTube channel. Respect for the dedication from Pete too. Oh, fair dues. And uh, hope your holiday was nice. <laughs> Thanks, Hugo. Um, to Chris, do you find that your memories of the trips you did with Japan, Japan are strengthened by making them into YouTube videos? You also seem to you always seem to reference the videos and if you can vividly recall where and what you did. Is this some elaborate plug for your channel or do you find documenting your travels helps you remember? If uh, so, I should definitely start documenting mine too. Can regards to Hugo. It's a good question, Chris, isn't it? It's an interesting point. Um, I think I like it's a difficult thing with YouTube. You know what videos are going to do well, right? And the videos mm. where I do travel and do things uh, often don't do as well from my experience. Like if I make a video of me sitting in a room swearing and being angry and holding Kit Kats, it'll get a million views, job done. But a travel video that I get really passionate about going somewhere, it just won't do as well because travel is um, is far less popular as a topic. Uh, commentary videos always do a lot better. And that being said, though, when I look, one of my favorite videos of this year, and I've been fortunate to do a lot of cool stuff this year, one of my favorite videos is the Sapporo video, of which you're in it, Pete, because... Mm. while nothing of any factual value really happened. I suppose we did kind of really? showcase the Sapporo Snow Festival and we had a bit yeah. of fun. Like It was just a really fun trip uh, with some really great people, yourself, uh, Natsuki, Charlotte, Jackie. It was a really good group of people and a really fun mm. time. And it, in many ways, it was like a mini holiday, but I really enjoyed sharing that with um, the viewers on Abroad in Japan. Originally, that video was supposed to be just on the second channel, Abroad Perspective. It's kind of like a silly little uh, vlog, but it turned out so well that I put it on the main channel and I really liked it. And I really like watching that back. Like That kind of video um, is the sort of video on Abroad in Japan that I personally like to watch back. So I guess in that sense, yes, Hugo, I do, I do like to... Um, I think it does make the holiday better or it makes it more fun being able to go back and rewatch it because I wouldn't have remembered half the stuff we did on that Sapporo trip if I hadn't filmed it, like poisoning Pete Donaldson with takoyaki stuff full of <laughs> stuffed with uh, <laughs> spicy mustard. You must remember that fondly, Pete. Yeah, yeah, that was a, a low point for me um, in that I nearly had an asthma attack. <laughs> but no, it was into what But it, it, but it is kind of like, because I don't film a lot of my holidays, Like, it's actually quite nice to um, see, you know, if you're with a partner, when you're on holiday, take pictures and stuff. I, I don't take a lot of pictures necessarily. Um, mm. But w w coming back from Sapporo, I was like, oh, shit, yeah, I forgot about that bit. I forgot about that bit. And even then, it was only a couple of days that we, we spent together uh, that time. So, yeah. It was fun. Although I, I remember mm. it was quite daunting as well um, because the coronavirus was taking off and uh, I went to meet mm. Pete in his hotel room and under the bed we found some litter from the previous guest and it was like a coronavirus testing kit. It was like a bunch of masks and some like antibacterial wipes and some painkillers. It looked like the last guest had been someone that had it. It was all a bit daunting. <laughs> yes, I remember that. True, yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, I remember that. Awful. But uh, it's, yeah, it's one of the few benefits of being a YouTuber. You do get to... Um, kind of go back and relive those moments so yeah i would say if you're having a trip to japan 
Like if you're coming here for two weeks, bring a camera, bring some sort of camera uh, or just your phone and take photos every moment that you can because honestly you will regret it if you don't because there's so many great things that will happen every day of that journey that you, uh, you'll want to treasure. Uh, we've got one from John. He says, hi, Chris and Pete. Greetings from the Netherlands. I heard the two of you talk about Japanese breakfast and I and uh, complain that they weren't good and also that they're hard to find. Uh, what a load of crap. Pardon my French. I personally really like Japanese breakfast, whether it's natto, uh, fermented soybeans, miso soup, rice with seaweed and skimono uh, pickles, or some grilled fish. I really liked it all when I'm in Japan. It's not hard to find it either. All three major gyudon chains, such as Sukiya, Yoshinoya, and Matsuya have it. Uh, and the best thing yeah. is it only costs 400 yen. Um, and those chains are all over the place, so they shouldn't be hard to find. If you're looking for a more Western-style breakfast, of course, you can go to Royal Host, Jonathan's, Denny's, or Cafe Gusto, um, or just go to one of, the, one of the many coffee chains like Dotor and grab yourself a sandwich. Um, you know, uh, it's uh, it might not be a Western breakfast, but uh, it's still pretty good, and uh, I highly recommend it. Other than this clear difference in opinion about breakfast, though, I love pretty much anything you guys create. So keep up the good work and get yourself some natto. Best wishes, John. <laughs> a fair point, I guess. Um, I'm pretty vocal about my um, my dislike for Japanese breakfasts. Um, it's my image of a Japanese breakfast is a bowl of rice and some leftover fish from the night before, because mm. that's what a lot of families have. Um, and I'm used to eggs, bacon, sausages, fried bread, mushrooms. And I just love it. British fry-ups, British breakfasts, full English breakfast is like my favourite meal of the day and it's impossible to get it here. Um, it's really hard to find. What do you reckon, Pete? Japanese breakfast? I, I've had it a few times and, and it, I think if you are somewhere um, that doesn't um, cook the breakfast that you like, I think it's your duty bound to eat something a little bit strange, a little bit weird, a little bit out there. So yeah, I'm, 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 I completely agree uh, with mm. John. It, it's fine. I, I like having rice for breakfast. It's um, it's a nice change to be honest. Congee, congee, I'd sort of have quite a lot in China and uh, sometimes in Japan as well. That, that's, mm. that's a nice breakfast with with some um, maybe some chicken or some just some spring spring onions and stuff like that. Oh, lovely! Yeah, I mean, my I did. I went to a Lyokan the other day, the one with the thousand-year-old log uh, that we mentioned, and um, they had really nice breakfast. It was kind of like eggs and uh, salmon, really nice salmon, and uh, and a little bit of bacon, and um, it was good. But like, I don't know, it's very hit and miss. I find some mm. traditional Japanese inns do an amazing breakfast, and others just it's a really bad effort. Um, it's a real hit right. and miss kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. Got one from yeah. Mark. Over to you, Pete. Mark from the USA. Um, hey, Pete and Chris, been a big fan of your guys' work. Have you guys worked for uh, quite a few years now? And you have uh, most definitely spiked my interest in exploring Japan's culture and hopefully landscape uh, someday soon post-pandemic. Anyway, onto my question. A few weeks ago, my Japanese language professor, albeit a, a nice woman, claimed that all Japanese women uh, absolutely hated hated facial hair of any kind, making it sound like an evil omen of sorts to instill fear in all around you by not shaving for a few days. I found it this extremely funny, uh, assuming this must be some sort of joke, uh, but we can't wonder if there's any sort of truth behind our statement. Is facial hair really seen as non-preferred when it comes to facial aesthetics? Best regards, Mark from the USA. Ooh, I've, I've never had a beard in Japan, to be honest. Well, you've got not facial really. hair now, haven't you? You've got like a, yeah. a full Colonel Sanders... Kind of look going on. <laughs> it right? is a bit Colonel Sanders. I got the glasses as well. It is. 
<laughs> you, you are becoming more Colonel Sanders by the day, Pete. Mm. Um, I think I don't. I don't know if that's entirely true. Um, what I do know is um, it's quite. It's not rare, but it's uh, it's not as popular to have facial hair here as it is, you know, back home or in the West. The main reason being um, a general rule of employment in Japan stipulates that you must not have facial hair. And the word for facial hair is hige, hige, uh, H-I-G-E, hige. Um, but, uh, you know, most industries won't allow it. Banking, investment, insurance, railways, airlines, buses, taxis, retail, restaurants, hotels, if you work at any of those places, you can't really have facial hair. You run the risk of losing your job. And I think uh, as a result, people just don't, people just keep a clean shaven face. Um, it's, that's the main reason. But I don't know about Japanese women hating facial hair. I'd like to do a little bit more on that and a little bit more probing and a little bit more surveying to work that one out. Um, if you're a, a Japanese woman listening into this, what are your thoughts? Do you like facial hair? Mm. Um, not sure. But of course, um, my friend, Shaki, who he talks about the Sapporo video, her husband, yeah. Nick, he sometimes has facial hair. Um, I don't know if she likes it or not. I have to ask Jackie. She can give her expert testimony on it all, her expert opinion. Um, but uh, <laughs> we'll find out. Well, I mean, I mean, I guess nowadays, I mean, presumably next year, everyone's going to be wearing masks all of the time. So um, I doubt you'd even, um, I doubt you'd even be in a situation where you, um, you knew whether anyone had a beard. <laughs> can so well the mask surely the mask yeah. just sticks out if you've got a big beard i guess so yeah I, I, I was trying to i had like a little kind of handlebar kind of mustache that I was twirling with some beard wax and uh <laughs> i found that um the mask really did inhibit inhibit the growth of the mustache so i just got rid of the the end handlebar bits and <laughs> just went with a normal mustache and beard combo but yes it is Good rather God. colonel sandersy Colonel Sanders Donaldson. Mm. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into a in Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days to all over again, guys. But for now, no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great couple of days and uh, we'll see you again, again on the Abroad in Japan podcast. Again, again. <laughs> He's melting down. I've, again, again. I, I, need, I need to get some KFC. All this bed. talk of Colonel Sanders. <laughs> all right, I'm going to bed. After KFC. Colonel Sanders. <laughs> Farewell. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 